welcome to the Conversations As You Go podcast. Uh, today, I have the enormous pleasure and privilege of having Mike from Hong Kong with me. Every time I, I mix with Mike, it brings a lot of joy to my heart and a lot of smile and laughter. And uh, we met about a year, year and a half ago, and uh, Mike has, uh, has uh, been on the journey of doing DMM as a leader there in Hong Kong and doing a great job. And um, yeah, welcome to the podcast, Mike. Yeah. Hey, Dave. Great to, great to be on with you. <laughs> Fantastic. Mike, we, we, left, we met about um, 18 months ago, and uh, tell, yeah. me, tell me a bit of your journey. Well, a bit of my journey, um, I guess, by way of introduction, I, uh, I'm originally from the USA. I live in Hong Kong now about seven years, but um, I was born, uh, raised as a Buddhist in Hawaii. So I, I came from already a very multicultural place, Asians and Westerners together, uh, lots of different religions. And uh, I had a, just a when I was 13 years old, I had an amazing encounter with Jesus hmm. in, in the Bible. John chapter 3, somebody gave me a Bible for the first time. And verily, verily, you must be born again. I read that, and it ruined my life. I just knew whatever this was, it was the truth. Whoever this was who was speaking to me was the one I needed to follow. And um, I'm one of those, I mean, I, I one of those few people I've known who, without any context, just First meeting of Jesus, I just, I just need this. This is who I want to follow. And um, so I did what a lot of people do. I went the normal route of joining a typical, you know, actual church and went off to Bible college and got some education and, and uh, spent most of my life kind of uh, with one foot in the business world and one foot in ministry. So at times I've, I've been a youth pastor and an evangelist assistant pastor, been part of church plants, uh, sometimes full-time, but also very often felt called to go to very small, little, struggling, beginning church plants, and because I just knew that's where the harvest was. And <laughs> <laughs> to meet a lot of lost people there, and love that. Um, so, uh make this long story short, the Lord led me out to Hong Kong about seven years ago. Uh, met, fell in love with the most amazing woman. I had to, I had to go across the world to find her, Alice, my wife. Uh, we got married. We've got two kids now. Beautiful daughters, one age two and one age four. The story of my life. And um, so, all along the, the the way here, then you know, Alice kind of became my ministry partner uh, here in Hong Kong. She was, you know, first my love of my life and my my wife. Uh, but then we began to do ministry together, and um, um, just the dissatisfaction set in with uh, kind of the normal evangelism methods I've been taught. I uh, I loved evangelism. I always was, my heart's always been for the lost. Mm. Uh, God, at a very young age in my Christian life, God broke my heart for lost people and mm. what it was like to not know Jesus and see them come into the light and. Uh, Tried every method, quote unquote, out there, um, but I became um, just kind of disenchanted with a lack of long-term fruit. Mm. It seemed like uh, you know praying a lot of prayers of people, but not seeing a lot of transformation. Mm. 
And then on the other hand, you know, very invested in, in uh, like I said, at times being a pastor, assistant pastor in kind of traditional attractional style churches and uh, feeling frustrated with how we were kind of often create a little hothouse environment. And you know, we see growth, we see change, but it seemed like after a while, after a person became a part of the church, they'd lose track of, they'd lose contact with the unsaved world, the lost mm. world. And uh, that we were putting a lot of energy in kind of maintaining our little culture, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just felt a little dissatisfied. And um, so it was last, yeah, about two years ago, before, before I met you, maybe two, three years ago, I uh, bumped into a guy named Grant from New Zealand. Yeah. So people might know Grant from New Zealand. I don't know. Grant McAllister. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he began to tell me stories of things that he had seen on the mission field. And wow, just got so hungry to see that and and began to learn about it. Um, Began to experiment with DBS and read books about DMM. Um, and just expecting, oh, if I just change my method, you know, just mm-hmm. need to change my mm-hmm. method here and I'll go from no fruit. I'll go to, you know, we're going to, I'm going to plant a thousand churches this, this year. <laughs> That's awesome. Here comes revival. Right. But, um, it didn't quite work that way. And I, and I, I didn't realize that I had been, even for an evangelistic kind of a guy and a guy who mm-hmm. has always been, you know, reaching out to people in the business world. I didn't realize how much of that attractional DNA, that unspoken Christian culture assumptions, yeah, you know, were in me, and and these unspoken, unconscious routines and methods of trying to minister to people, wow, that were really designed to. They were more, you know, theologically, we would all agree we're trying to reach the lost, but maybe in a sociological way, when you look at my behaviors. What I was really trying to do was trying to create, um, trying to cre- create attenders for my mm-hmm. program, people mm-hmm. who would subscribe to my program, you know, and I, mm-hmm. and I, just, I wasn't aware of that. So didn't see much uh, fruit there and was getting frustrated, wondering what I was doing wrong. So then Grant invited me out to Australia, to Melbourne. For the was it called the just in time training? I can't think just in time training yeah, in Melbourne. We had that we had a weekend uh, retreat where you, you yeah. came along and it was in uh Des and Lynn's house down at Rye. Yeah. We gathered yeah. about, about forty or fifty of us gathered together in her house and uh yeah. It was Amazing awesome. food. I think did he make steaks? I think I remember those steaks still. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fantastic food and great fellowship and uh <laughs> And so I, I hadn't really met you yet. I knew you were the kind of the big leader. <laughs> no. So I was a little, yeah. a little intimidated to talk to you. Uh, I thought I'd just kind of sit in the back and try to soak it all in. But uh, uh, you had a training session with us from Luke chapter 10 about Jesus sending out the 72, you know, praying mm-hmm. for the laborers and the harvest and then instructing them on how to go and go about this, you know, don't greet anybody in the way, you know, bless every house with peace be to this house. If, if the son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. If not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide. And don't go from house to house and proclaim to them the kingdom has come. Mm. And, uh, you know, if, if they don't accept, then you shake the dust off your feet and move on. And I, uh, there was something in that session that we did as a group. Mm. 
it, like the scales fell off my eyes and I, I suddenly saw in a way I, I saw without my attractional eyes, without my kind of attractional, uh, typical American evangelical uh, methodology mm. type. I, I saw what Jesus was saying and I saw what these people were trying to tell me when they talked to me about DMM. And I, I realized I've been doing it all wrong. Mm. And I made a, the Lord worked in my heart to make a decision to commit to this. And I realized maybe for the first time what it was going to cost, I realized I was going to kind of have to cut the anchor lines, the mooring line, the, the, the ways I had kind of tied myself to the security yeah. of the traditional yeah. church. Not giving up church, of course, not giving up the gospel, not giving yeah. up Jesus, not yeah. giving up the Bible, but but just these things that are part of Christian culture that I didn't, I'm, I just didn't, they were like unspoken assumptions that were keeping me from launching into the deep. Yeah. And I realized if I'm going to obey Jesus, I've got to go in a way I've never gone before. Mm. I've been, I've been spending a lot of time inviting people to come to my Christian hothouse. That was my, that was the goal of all my evangelism, realizing it or not, eventually yeah. they're going to come become an attender in my Christian hothouse. And that's, Mm-hmm. That's that's you know now I've got the golden ring now, now I've accomplished something mm-hmm. and now I can I put points on the board and I just didn't realize that you know Jesus is calling me to get His eyes for the harvest and go wow. and find the people He's working in in the harvest that God has prepared people in the heart in the I mean and you got to go I just want you to launch into the blue you know you got to get away from the shore you got to mm-hmm. take a risk. Mm. You got to leave your comfort behind, and and um, uh, um, just got a, a new pair of spectacles, <laughs> yeah. a new way of viewing, right? Yeah, a new way of viewing, and and began to do everything I've been doing. I've been trying to mix my fractional hot Christian hothouse methods with DMM methods, and I found that neither one was. You know, when you try to mix them, they they kind of cancel each other out, right? And I realized I was going to have to kind of, I, if I was going to really reach for the next, I couldn't jump to the next peak without letting go of this mountain peak. I, I had to kind wow. of leap over. So I, 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 I actually was a part of a, a, a little church plant there. Um, we assistant pastor. We'd, we'd grown by about a hundred people in the last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting, starting it, you know, in about two, two, three years time, we'd started it from, couple of families but again i, I wasn't quite satisfied with the growth because a lot of the growth was transfer growth right and that was a common theme you know they were ready you know they they were going to another church and we had better this or better that better coffee i don't know and they were, mm-hmm. you know and i and i just wasn't seeing that harvest of pagans who didn't know christ mm-hmm. and he delivered and transformed the scales falling off their eyes and and so I, I mean, I, lo- I love them to death. I'm still in connection with them, and, uh, but I realized that I had to kind of stretch that relationship, like people say, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. put some distance, yeah. you know, and and, and and launch into the deep. So th- I began to kind of pursue DMM in earnest, and that's when we began to see some fun things happen. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic, Toy. That it was really um, exciting to hear you share, and it was really. The word, you know, reading through Luke 10, and it wasn't necessarily fancy teaching. It was like 
hearing Jesus in a fresh way, reading the word and, and then responding to the Lord saying, Oh, I want to, I want to try this. I want to do something new. And for, for a lot of us, we don't, I think, realize how indoctrinated we are by our traditions and our culture. And so we, we filter everything from the gospels through those things. And then, it takes unfiltering, like you said, putting a new set of glasses on, paradigm shifts. Uh, it just really strikes me. And I still am amazed when when Jesus turned up and he said, you know, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. And it's kind of like Jesus turned up and says, everything's changed. I'm here. And now you've got to change everything. <laughs> That's yeah, what the word yeah. repent, repentance means. It's really... Yeah put on a whole new set of glasses in how we view the world because everything's changed. Jesus is right. And many times we think it, we think of faith as something that's really compartmentalized and um, just, if I just add Jesus in, but you know, to, to really understand repentance, it's really changing our whole paradigm and we've got to do this continually and, and base our whole lives around Jesus. And that's just so uh, fantastic how, the word and sitting at the feet of Jesus does that in our lives. It's King Jesus, right? That's the whole thing. It's like, uh, it's a kingdom, right. it's a mm. kingdom moment in every way where, you know, I think we realized that when we first get called to the Lord, I, I talked a little bit when I first came to Christ, you know, John chapter three, it turned my whole world upside down. But so in another sense, when I read Luke 10, 18 months ago, there in that seminar with you and, and the group, it was again that kingdom moment where the king just kind of came in and said, mm-hmm. "You're doing it all wrong. Are you willing to do it my way? Because I'm <laughs> I'm the king, and if you do it my way, it's, it'll work. But you've been doing it your way, you know. And wow. So yeah, that's it, it's a, that, that that's a loop in our Christian lives, you know. Yeah. That, that's a, that's yeah. a repeat. If if things are healthy, if they're moving forward, that's going to be a frequent occurrence, right? Amen. So, you know, fast forward from 18 months to today, I know you've got team happening and partners in the vision over there and prayer and harvest engagement. What are some of the key foundation stones or things that you've been learning as you're implementing a vision for Hong Kong and your ministry? What, What are some of the things that really you're learning? Well, I'm glad you, you mentioned team because from the beginning, I mean, I don't, you know, the, the word even leader, you know, if you say I'm a leader of the team, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it has so much baggage with it, you know, it, it, it's, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if God called us, called me and my wife to be leaders as much as looking at the passage, week 10, he called us to start praying for workers for the harvest. Mm-hmm. So it, it, the first thing we, we were called to do was pray. Mm-hmm. And, um, and of course I knew that prayer was a big deal. But, you know, I, I love the fish. It's one of my hobbies, right? And I, one of my analogies I use for evangelism is the difference between fishing and catching fish. Some people like to go fishing. They like to fill the cooler up, put some nice tunes on the radio, sit in a comfortable chair, feel the breeze. You know, they, they just like being in the environment. <laughs> Other people like to catch fish and they will brave bugs and bad weather, you know, and they just because they're, and I, 
you know, I learned that that same attitude that I, I knew was essential to evangelism, that, you know, I, do you like to evangelize or do you like to see people converted or, 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 or transformed, right? Like my prayer life was so challenged that uh, do I like prayer or do I like getting answers? Mm-hmm. And I just realized in my Christian life, I had, I had gotten to this place where I liked the comfort of praying with my, you know, quote unquote, praying with my brothers and sisters. I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. But I, mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily desperate for answers. I wasn't like, mm-hmm. you know, the widow going to the unjust judge and desperate saying, you're my only hope. I need you to answer. And mm-hmm. so right away, the Lord, as we committed to that, the Lord raised some people up. And I, I've got to say, they were way more far along this journey than me. They were people who already had a lot of insight into prayer that I had been missing. And I began to hang out with these people. We began to just pray for a movement. And we weren't, we weren't just enjoying our prayer fellowship time. We were crying out to God, and we were desperate for answers. We were desperate to see wow. God show up. And, you know, people say prayer is a quantity or quality. And we learned it's both. If you want, you know, when you we want to get answers, you got to. Mm. So we began, I did, we just had to, I had to up our, our prayer game. And that was one of the yeah. things, you know, going from an attractional, traditional megachurch model, whatever, to going to a DMM model. When your life is so full of, quote unquote, Christian activity, you know, and you're in every committee and you're in every class and you're in every group, your life gets so full with with the merry-go-round activity, there's, there's no time really to cry out to God. So mm-hmm. right away, you know, when I resigned from, from being a, a, a part-time pastor, my schedule opened up and I had all this time to pray. So <laughs> we just started prayer meetings. We started, we started first, we started, you know, hour long prayer meetings. Then we went to two hours and we went to four hours and we started doing all night prayer meetings. And this was, mm-hmm course during the the covid pandemic just the beginnings of it here in hong kong and so we had to get creative to where we met we would we would rent hotel rooms you know in the quarantine hotels and <laughs> <laughs> just pray all night and cry out to god and so i, I think mm-hmm. that was something i didn't expect as i yielded to what jesus was saying in luke 10 that um it wasn't so much about becoming a better evangelist as learning how to cry out to god and get an answer Wow. And and that that was something that had kind of waned in my life, in my Christian life. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, putting, like I said, quality and quantity. Um, And I I think the first, when you talk about a team, the first people who kind of popped up on our team. And again, I got to give, I got to, you know, a lot of these guys were much further along than me. uh, So I don't know that I was a leader of any kind. But um they were people who probably loved, they might've loved prayer more than they loved evangelism. They didn't have the heart for evangelism. Mm-hmm. They were prayer warriors. They were, they were intercessors. I, I hadn't spent a lot of time with the intercessor type people. <laughs> <laughs> Never quite understood them, you know? Mm-hmm. So we just started praying together and, and crying out to God and weeping and, and, and you know, taking that energy that we've been, that I had been investing and keeping my, my Christian activity wheel turning and mm. pouring it into, into seeking God's face and saying, God, we, we want to see a DMM. We want to see an outpouring of your kingdom. 
and we want to see transform transformation of fruit and there's no way we're going to see that without your miraculous intervention and you're you know the lord you're he's already looking to the harvest he knows the field is white the harvest he knows he he knows you know it's already his heart the problem is my heart my heart is grown cold to this so we i had to we had to press mm. in we had to mm. press in and get his heart and and i think it's as we grew deeper and deeper in that and you know about the time we finally started to feel like you know okay we're prayer people we finally figured out i guess we're prayer people now then god yeah. remind us that we yeah. got involved in this because of evangelism like we when we really yeah. kind of immersed yourself in the prayer life mm. and the prayer light, the, the lifestyle of prayer, I don't know how else to put it, it you know, yeah. over and above so Christian activity or, or, mm. you know, the, 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 this was, mm. um, we were, we were, we were a company of friends who had become desperate for God to show up wow. in, in our, in our lives and our workplaces and in, in, in our friends. And, uh, about the time we began to really, feel like we were reaching a place of, I don't know, uh, of belonging in that space. You know, like it didn't feel so foreign. It felt like, okay, we can do this. this is, we actually enjoy this now. <laughs> you know, we like, we love praying. We like yeah. all night prayer meetings. And about that time, then God kind of reminded us again, you got into this because you wanted to see the loss come to me, right? Mm. And uh, that's when we began to see fruit. And, uh, yeah. Meet people. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about that story or bring us into some of those stories sure. or give us an overview of teams and, and groups being planted. Yeah. Well, um, I, I guess I'll start with the story part. Um, so this is interesting because, again, this talks about my paradigm shift. This reflects my paradigm shift. Um, I had, I've always been an extrovert. I've always been a people person. And so I thought that that was like the key to being an evangelist. I thought that, you know, um, mm -hmm. so I've always been reaching out to people. My wife, when she met me, my wife is the opposite of me. She's more of an introvert. And she, I, I have, I have a thousand friends, like an inch, you know, I'm a mile wide of an inch deep. My, my wife has like 10 close friends who she's known since, you know, kindergarten. And she would die for them and they would die for her. And, you know, they're, they're, yeah, always, wow. they're, yeah. they're in each other's weddings and they, they pray for each other. You know, she's just got those deep relationships. And mm -hmm. so when she first started hanging out with me, I would have a party like every week because to me, that was my, that was my evangelistic gift at work. Mm -hmm. So I was always reaching out to people. I was always having parties. I, I, I was all I was always the guy buying the pizza and setting up the music and you know um my, it was the place where my wife said to me when we first started dating like okay if we're gonna keep dating you've got to promise me you're gonna have less parties because I'm just you're just freaking me out I'm I'm getting so much social <laughs> I can't meet this many new people you know and uh, when I looked at Luke ten and I realized that he was saying uh. Go your way, and it says, "Don't, don't greet everyone on the road." I was the guy who greeted everybody on the road. I was the guy who had to talk to everyone, and I began to realize that God wasn't calling me to be this crazy extrovert who was like a politician or insurance salesman, friends with everyone, so I could make my sale. Mm -hmm. I realized that God was trying to say to me, "I'm the king. 
Uh, I've got a I've got a plan for the harvest. So you go into the harvest and you find the person of peace that I prepared. Mm. So I saw in this passage that you bless them if you're if if uh, your blessing remains upon them. He says, eat and remain in their house, eating and drinking what they provide. And then it says, don't go from house to house. I came from the evangelism school where going house to house was what defined us. You know, we had to knock on every door in the neighborhood, right? And everybody yeah. had to get the, you know, the message, you know, are you going to heaven or hell? Would you like to pray with me? You know, that's, mm-hmm. that was the school I came from. So I realized all of a sudden, I realized suddenly that, that um, I need to stop being the guy who bought everybody drinks at the bar or who, who brought all, you know, for all the peace of the party. And I need to see who are the people who God had prepared to invite me into their house. So, you know, like my wife had appealed to me <laughs> many years ago, I need to stop throwing all the parties. And I mm-hmm. need who would invite me into their party at their house. Yeah. And, and begin to pray for that. And so that's what we began to do. I, I stopped doing all those things we all those things like that I called outreach, which really it, it was so transactional. It was me pouring things out on people, but but very very often it, I was creating dependency. You know, I yeah. was actually I was creating the, the cultural bubble and seeing who could tolerate my cultural bubble. And I wasn't asking God to open up uh persons of peace and their hearts, they would invite me to their cultural bubble. And allow me to bring the gospel into their world. So we began prayer walking our village, my wife and I. And uh, uh, we began blessing every house, you know, just quietly blessing every house, blessing people as we walked by them. We did a few light things to just let people know we're in the community, we're Christians. We think we prepared Easter baskets for the kids around Easter time and, and passed those out. And just, you know, people would know that we're Christians, people know we're here, that we want to be friendly. But we didn't go overboard. We just wanted people to know who we were. You know, we were walking through the neighborhood. And uh, I began to pray, God, I want people, to, I need to meet the people who are going to invite me to their house. And we began to meet those people. And I, one of the first families we met, and I will, I will change their name because I had, you know, just for the, because of the, where we are in our culture here, where I'm at in this part of the world. I'm going to change your name, but I want to call him uh, Richard. <laughs> Yeah. Richard and Sarah. <laughs> so uh, Richard and Sarah met us, and they had a son who was the same age as my my oldest daughter Lily, they were about about four or five years old. Hmm. And uh, right away, they showed a lot of interest in us, and uh, they began to uh, invite us out in play dates with the kids to play. And several times, they brought food over the house, and I just I just you know I began to see this. Things in this passage get ticked, ticked off. I get to get excited. Like, I think we're on the right path here, you know? <laughs> and they were not at all what I would have typically thought of as my evangelistic target. You know, they both had never been in church before. They had they didn't seem to have any hunger for God at first, but they were just relationally open and they were they were inviting us into their world. They were interested in us coming to their house and meeting their friends. And um, so, uh, and, and then Miss Richard, when he, he had a, some illness, uh, he'd had some stroke symptoms. He had a stroke about four or five years ago. 
he's not that old, but he, he'd had a stroke about four or five years ago. He had some lingering symptoms and he, he was having dizziness and we prayed okay. for him and not, it wasn't an immediate healing, but over the course of several weeks, he, he got healed. And he'd been really concerned about this dizziness. And, they, and so he got healed. So I saw him during the passage. It says, uh, heal the sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. So then I thought, man, he's invited to this house. He's feeding us. He's allowed us to bless him. He's introduced his community. He's opened up his network to us. He was introduced to all his friends. And uh, now he's been healed. And so I was going slow. I, you know, in my old days, if I knew you for 30 minutes, I would be asking you if you're going to heaven or hell. That's how I was trained. <laughs> or asking you about your religious, but trying to turn the conversation spiritual. And I had, I had done this shift here, this sea change in my thinking where um, I was actually hesitant now to preach at him. I mean, they knew we were Christians, but I was really hesitant. I was like, but when he got healed and I saw the next time they invited us over to have a piece of dinner with him. And I went to my photocopier and I photocopied a, a DBS passage that I, you know, and I, show, I showed up, we showed up to their house and I had my, I had my, I hadn't asked her permission, but I just had this confidence. This is my person of peace. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I, at the end of our, our time of having a, a pizza together, I said, now, would you like to study the scriptures with me? And he said, okay. <laughs> so we, did, we did one of the stories of hope, I think. I think, the, I think it was a story of the man being lowered through the roof and getting healed. And at the end of it, I asked him, um, did you enjoy that? Would you like to do it again? He goes, can we do that every week? <laughs> so, that's, you know, um, you know it, so that sounds encouraging. But the reality was along the way, this was a guy who had zero church background, had no idea how to behave in church. He was a pain smoker, had been married and divorced three times previously. So really mm-hmm. rough around the edges. He was a truck, truck driver. Really quite rough around the edges. Uh, here, being here in Hong Kong, had um, his, um, you know, his background was kind of uh, idol worship. And, and in, in Hong Kong, there's a lot of praying to the ancestors and praying to uh, different different Buddhist idols. and So there were many times along the way when I was frustrated, when I thought this is not going to work. This is... But then I just would get reminded, you know, I, I, Jesus, I told you I'd obey what you're saying in this passage, and you gave us this family. And so it says here, stay with them. Don't go house to house. And so instead of being the guy who's, you know, trying to minister to a thousand people, I said, we're just going to, Focus on these people, love on these people, build relationships with these people, and keep, you know, going. We 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 did the creation of the cross with them, and um, I, I jumped the gun about halfway through. I said, "Hey, you ready to get baptized?" And they kind of looked at us like, mm, "What does that mean? Does that mean we can't pray to the ancestors when our parents die?" I said, "Yeah, you can't do that anymore." And they go, uh, and "They kind of hesitated." I, I realized I jumped the gun. It wasn't coming from them; it was coming from me. Mm. So we just we just kept going at it, and if, you know this is the you know this is what I'm so excited about this week is uh, we're going to be having a baptism uh, this weekend, and um, they're going to be getting back. And, and this time it came from them; they wanted to get baptized. They asked about they asked them you know three or four times they wouldn't give up on it. I kind of tried to discourage them all. I told them all everything would entail. 
and uh, they they're inviting. We're gonna do it in a in a little baby pool, a little kitty kitty waiting mm-hmm. pool, out in the backyard. They've invited all their friends. They they bought a bunch of refreshments. They want to give their testimony to everybody. And um, yeah, it. I, I I guess I've learned how powerful it is, like when people are really coming from the harvest. You know, they got no Christian, and they they had no Christian background at all. Never been in a church. Wife had come from mainland China. So when we, when we were talking about Jesus, we might as well have been talking about, you know, Julius Caesar. Like, who's that? I don't, you know, just some historical thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've seen the power of regularly sowing the gospel scriptures, the fundamentals, the, 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 the ABCs, you know, the, the, um, the grammar, the gospel grammar, the grammar of the Bible story. You, you can't do it in a day. You can't do it in a half-hour presentation. You can't even do it in one Sunday church service unless you really get a lot of background. You know, and, and the power of it. Um, you know, along the way, different things have come up. Like I said, you know, a lot of rough things that were felt discouraging along the way. But at one point, you know, several points, they were struggling their marriage and they were arguing and left the house broken up and talked about divorce. And so, um, you know, to be able to refer back to them and say, hey, remember when we, when we read through the book of Genesis and we learned that God created the man first? Yeah. Okay. Well, God's calling you to be the head of your family now. You need to never say the word divorce again. And you need to be the leader of your family and you need to love your wife and you need to heal your, your marriage, you know. And to see how people respond to that when they've been on a journey of discovery through the scriptures. We we couldn't say that at the beginning. They didn't, you know, they didn't have that background. But when they when they have that background, when they have those stories from you know sowed into their, the field of their heart and to begin to say the decisions based on that and say, you're right. I need to be a different kind of husband. I need to be a different kind of father. And I'm, I'm going to go reconcile with my wife. I'm going to, I'm going to get down on my hands and knees and beg her forgiveness because I haven't loved her like Jesus. Loved her. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, to see the power of what God can do when you sow that precious seed over time. Wow. Uh, yeah. Something I, I wasn't seeing a lot of in my previous ministry. Mm. Absolutely powerful. And so, you know, we see the, you know, the Luke 10 framework for you has been really key. And then developing teams of workers, praying uh, passionately, moving into the harvest, connecting purposefully, finding people of peace, and then finding going on the journey. Yeah. Yeah. And then just, uh, and so exciting. I know this uh, weekend we've, Praying really for the birth of a church, and, uh, and uh, as, as they gather around their whole community and and put on a big celebration and get baptized, and you're training them not just to be baptized but to baptize others. To baptize and, others, um, that, yeah. yeah. And so, <laughs> what an exciting journey! What an exciting yeah. journey! And not only that, I see that's just one story of numbers of groups that are being planted uh, there in Hong Kong with you and your team. And yeah, that's so, yeah. So fantastic. We've got, Mike. we've just, got our, our team's kind of, a, a, again, to give 
credit where credit's due. Our, I'm only, our team is kind of, um, uh, we've got, uh, we call myself and, then, and my wife and then uh, Bruce is, uh, we call, we call, that would be our two team leaders. And I would say Bruce, Bruce and I, we're kind of yoke fellows. In other words, mm. you know, I, I don't, I don't claim to be his leader. He doesn't claim to be my leader. We're just, we're just pulling together. And he's probably started about half the groups. I've probably started about another half the groups. And underneath us, reporting to us, we have workers who are starting DBSs. So we're we're going on about over 30 DBSs now that are, you know, at varying stages of development. And um, uh, this is our going to be our first baptism, so. And I I was surprised by how long it took. You know, I'm I'm mm-hmm. used to kind of instant results in my old old way of doing things, my old ministry methods. I was, I was used to expecting instant results. I, I was surprised. I thought it would, you know, when we first started, I thought, oh, give us six months, we'll be baptizing. But it's, it's a bit more like two years, you know, a year, year and a half at least. And uh, so this will be our first baptisms. But I'm also, I'm amazed by, on the one hand, it's like, wow, it took like a year and a half to get somebody ready for baptism. On the other hand, I'm amazed at how much God has transformed these some of these people we're working with in a year and a half. Mm-hmm. I really have to attribute that to the prayer that the the whole team put in, and the uh, and the scriptures that were sown into them, and the power. I just the power of sowing scriptures in the in the people's hearts and what that does, and you know the DBS method that they will all be taught by God, you know that uh, they're, that they're learning from God, they're learning from the Holy Spirit. They're discovering they're not being preached at, and um, so yeah, I, I'm. We're, we're just on the cusp of something here, and praying, and really crave everybody's prayer, covering everybody's prayer out there. Please be praying for us in Hong Kong. And yeah, fantastic, Mike. <laughs> um, just, just let's finish up here. Yeah. But let's, um, let's. What's one word of encouragement that you would? Uh, you would share with others and the, the broad team in general as you're walk, walking this out? Um, okay, so, you know, you told me before we started the podcast that you're going to ask me that question. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have a plan on that answer, but the thing that I'm sitting here on my, on my desk on the Zoom call we're doing, and I got here this book. Now, I, I actually haven't read this book, so I don't even know if I can recommend it. <laughs> I just like read the introduction, but the book is called Stubborn Perseverance. And I yeah, know it's a book about book. DMN. Maybe other people out there know, but I, I don't. I mean, I saw, I, I saw the title and I knew I had to buy it. I thought, okay, the title itself is worth the price of the entire book. Even if I never read the whole thing, I haven't read it yet. <laughs> I just, that just sums up what it's like when you're, when you're starting DMN, you know, you're, especially if you're in a place where there's some established Christian church culture and people don't quite exactly get what you're doing and you feel tempted to try to fall back into those old paradigms when things are discouraging and not working out well, you just got to be, you've got to be persevering stubbornly. And I think that's, yeah. that's something for our entire team. Everybody on our team, all of our workers, uh, you know, my fellow team leader, uh, Bruce, my wife, Alice, I think um, I think we've really seen uh, that nothing happens without you know, and it's it's a certain it's not just stubbornly persevering because 
you know, you're, you're a proud bulldog of a person, but stubbornly persevering because you believe God's spoken to you. You believe what you're doing is trying to obey his word and make disciples the way you see Jesus doing and his disciples doing in the God. And you're, you're putting your trust in the word of God and you're saying, I'm going to, I'm going to stake my claim here. I'm going to put, I'm going to lean on the word of God. This is going to define the scope of my activity. And I'm going to keep plugging away at this, these activities that I see modeled by Jesus in the, in the Bible, even if it doesn't seem to sync up with what the traditional church is asking me to do. You know, I'm going to keep plugging away because I believe that God's going to bless his word. And, and I believe that, he gave me his word, his commandments, because he wants me full of joy, and he wants to give me fruit, and he's going to bless it, and uh, he's going to be glorified, and he's going to answer my prayer if I stick with his word. And, yeah, I think just that's – I don't know if that's a word of advice. It's, it's, a, it's a book title. I have a book title to share with you. I, I, don't, even know, I don't even know if the book is good because I haven't read it yet. But, but, but persevere stubbornly, and, and don't, don't give up. Don't give in. Um, that would be my main word of advice, I guess. <laughs> my, I, I, I just think that's a great word and it is a great book. I've read it and, uh, oh, I, I it's, a, it. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a really good book, but the title itself is the word to us. Just persevere and be stubborn in your perseverance. Mike, I'm just so refreshed listening to you. The, the, the the things that come through to your heart from your heart is you know the power of God's words both forming in us his his methods but also uh, forming in the harvest and 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 transforming people's lives and also the power of prayer and the Holy Spirit and mm. and those those things together just really uh, the essence of how how we make disciples and how we how we uh, follow christ ourselves so thank you so much mike just amazing and i'm really looking forward where we can get together in tribe time or do something like that and hear hear more from from you because uh absolutely inspiring what's happening there in hong kong and uh, may continue you're very kind words and i'm i'm very uh encouraged and i just i'm super thankful for the ministry of the praxis organization in my life What's the organization? It's, it's the people. It's the people I've met yeah. who are part of the organization. Yourself, uh, uh, not the least of which, right? I, I just, I'm so thankful for the way you, you poured into us. And I just felt, you know, at the right time, God led us to, led us to you or you to us or however that worked. But, you know, we had some burning questions that, and some dissatisfactions with the way we've been doing things. And, and we were able to get a new new pair of spectacles to see that the gospel you know, the gospel method i don't know if it's a method but the, the, the gospel example of how jesus made disciples so I, i'm just really thankful thank i feel every time i talk to you i feel so deeply encouraged so Thanks, thank you very much <laughs> you're you're amazing god bless brother and we look forward to hearing more as we go bless you. yeah yeah bye bye-bye